1: Big bank, small bank, I like to make money.
0: All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want (laughs) to (laughs) bet? And we are
2: underway. And welcome to the Week 17 Action Network NFL Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your Week 17 betting preview. I'm joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky Stuck. happy holidays uh how's everything going and uh how's your week 16
1: it was setting up as a disaster Miami gets another miracle win <laughs> and I needed one of these teams to lose for the Ravens and to get to the playoffs for I mean I'm obviously a fan but more importantly for my future a bunch of futures that I've been taking over the past few weeks so in order for them to control their own destiny I either needed the Raiders to win it looked like the Raiders are going to win and then they didn't Fitzpatrick has to come in and save the day again
0: Fits magic. Fits magic. Fits
1: magic. Then I needed the the Steelers to come through for the Ravens, and I bet the Steelers, and they are getting destroyed early. Fortunately, and they got a couple fortunate calls too. They came back in the second half, and one. Now the Ravens do control their own destiny. I mean, we're setting up for a wild Week Seventeen, where there are currently. Think there are 18 teams, 18 teams that are still alive for the bus. One team, one team is locked into a seed. That's the Chiefs. That's it. Because the Seahawks pulled the upset, the Packers aren't even locked into the one seed. They have to win. So it should be uh, a wild week 17. But I was happy that the Steelers came through for me and for the Ravens. So yeah. let's get to work on week 17.
2: Let's do it. And before we get into the six-pack A couple of quick reminders. Number one, if you plan to bet on the NFL this season and haven't downloaded the free award-winning Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools, analysis from me, Stucky, and the whole Action Network team, and it lets you track every bet that you make. Number two, if you want a chance at a free Vegas vacation, this is your last chance to enter our free custom weekly DFS contest, the Action Pod's Tournament of Champions presented by bet MGM this week's top five finishers secure the last five spots in next week's wildcard weekend grand finale. So follow the link in this episode description and join for free today. And number three, a quick programming note about the action network podcast in the coming weeks. Don't worry. Stuck and I will continue our NFL betting episodes every Thursday till the end of the postseason. Same goes for our fantasy flex shows with me Friedman and corner Stucky and Colin Wilson's new bowl game preview is now out covering the college football playoff. On top of that, our PGA tour betting episodes return this week. And if you're looking to bet basketball, our weekly NBA show with Matt Moore tips off Wednesday, January 6th and our popular college basketball episodes with Stucky right here returns Friday, January 15th. And finally, we want to give a shout out to the Favorites podcast hosted by our boss, Chad Millman, and pro gambler, Simon Hunter. They ended up 24th out of 800 entrants in the DraftKings Pro Football Pick'em National Championship, finishing in the money after a 5-0 Week 16. Well done, fellas. I don't know how to manage anybody. All right, let's get into it, Stuck. Let's crack open the final Sunday six-pack of the 2020 Regular season,
1: thirsty for action. Let's crack open the Sunday six pack.
2: You still have a ten-point lead. You're up first.
1: Yeah, last week the Steelers came through for me. The Raiders came through for me. The Niners did as well. But I changed, I switched it up and went with the Texans instead of the Niners, and I also the Jets over. But I can't be mad at that because that was before. All of the Browns' receivers were announced out. But the Texans were such a disappointment. And the offense, you give them 377 passing yards to Brandon Allen. I don't think he's ever thrown for more than 220. And, like, they, the Texans, what they've done is they've gone to this 4-3 base just non-stop. That's all they're doing. They're selling out to stop the run because they've been bad against the run. They're, we know they're bad against the pass with their corners who are awful. Um, and they let Brandon Allen throw, like, 15 screens for – 200 yards screens and dump offs to the left side over it was infuriating so our coach's pep talk this week
2: uh this week's coach's pep talk comes to us from chevy chase in the holiday classic national lampoons christmas vacation
1: i'm dedicated to the texans last week shut up enough already the man has only one look for christ's sake doesn't anyone notice this i feel like i'm taking crazy pills you've got nothing Nothing! Nothing! And I will be a monkey's uncle if I have you ruin this for me. Because if you can't get the job done, then I will! Having said that, you have to have a short-term memory. My number one pick this week is going to be the Houston Texans. Plus seven and a half at BetMGM at home against the Tennessee Titans, who do need to win. And I have an article out on ActionNetwork.com, the Action Network app, About teams that have to win against teams with no incentive in week 17. Since 2003, they've gone 15 and 23 against the spread. If they're laying over a field goal, favored by more than a field goal plus, they're 9 and 19 against the spread. Small sample size, but if you go back 25 years in the final two weeks of the season, sample size close to 150 games, these teams that must win to either keep their playoff hopes alive or avoid needing help in the final two weeks against teams with zero motivation. Either they're already locked up or they're eliminated. Betting on the team that is eliminated, instead of about 60% against the spread clip. Why is that? Well, a lot of times everyone in the world wants to bet on the team that has to win, so you can get an inflated number. And the other team who is usually eliminated, this is kind of their Super Bowl. It's a team that's been dead out of the playoffs, and now all of a sudden they – They have a chance to get up for one week and spoil, usually, down week 17. It's a division rival season. So I think that this line is inflated. I make it six. So I'll gladly take seven and a half. I know the defense is atrocious for Houston, but the defense for Tennessee is atrocious as well. I think Houston can keep up. Keep in mind, Houston last – what was it? Last month or about a month and a half ago, they – almost beat, or probably should have beat. I had them in that game, and it was a horrendous beat. It went to overtime after a last-second Titans touchdown, and the Texans ended up losing. What a nightmare. I mean, man, the overtime beats I've had this year are crazy. Forgot about that one. And then Tennessee ended up getting the, the, winning the, the coin flip, and in overtime, they beat the Texans 42-36 to 36 in overtime. That was back in October 18th. By the way, that line was Tennessee minus four at home. I mean, so now I'm getting seven and a half at home with the Texans. I know that the Texans have lost Will Fuller. They've lost Roby, and they've just been atrocious since. But this is a team that's been in a lot of games. They've played a lot of one-possession games. Think about all their games with the Colts that they almost won. They're generally in games because of how well Watson is playing. And I'm also banking on the fact – this is their Super Bowl. And ruin the Titans aren't locked. The Titans need to win. So you could see the Titans play a little tight here. But I'm banking on the fact that Houston's defense – Plays up this week after JJ Watt basically called them out in an impassioned speech after the game, basically like this is for fans. And so I think that you'll at least get a spirited effort. I don't know how many stops they can really get against Tennessee, but the Tennessee defense is just really bad. And Watson should be able to put up points here. And even if they get down 10 to 14, he can give me a backdoor late. I make it six. Give me Houston plus seven and a half. Hopefully, I'm not cursing them again next week. <laughs>
2: But, yeah, I make this line seven, so I don't have a ton of value on it. I do get the situational spot. I'm a little worried about Houston just because of their defense against Brandon Allen. I mean, that that really, like, was eye-opening. Him done putting up 30-plus points and 300-something plus. Like, he was one of the top fancy quarterbacks last week. Uh, it was ridiculous. Uh, it also worries me that the Titans kind of came out flat last week. They're probably looking ahead to this one. Uh, but you can't really argue with the numbers about the, you know, team's with no incentive, generally, are the right side. I know there's probably one team I think that uh, we both like that, that d- does have incentive, but we'll talk about that uh, in a bit. I'm not going to go with them for my first pick. For my first pick, I'm going to go with the line that I actually have the most difference with between uh, the market and my projection, and that is the Buffalo Bills. So for the first, for my first pick and the second overall pick in the week 17, Sunday six pack going with the Buffalo Bills minus one and a half against the Miami Dolphins. This team (laughs) keeps getting lucky. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick saving the day, uh, you know, in just an improbable situation gets them to, to, you know, to this spot. Now I make this line five. Uh, It's still one and a half. And that's with, you know, I'm expecting Cole Beasley to miss this game, John Brown to miss this game, uh, and still make this line five. Uh, Buffalo is a quality team all around, especially since they've gotten, you know, healthier on defense. You You look at their DVOA, they're number five in DVOA, but they're number three in weighted DVOA. And Miami is number 10, so Miami's been solid, but. Uh, you know, Miami's number 16 on offense, number 11 on defense, and that offense actually goes down a little bit when you have Tua. So, you know, any kind of, you know, will we see, how much of each will we see this week? It remains to be seen, but, you know, I don't think Miami's luck is going to continue, even though I have a lot of respect for Brian Flores. I have just as much for Sean McDermott, uh, and I don't think that Miami should just be, you know, a one and a half point underdog in this spot. I'm not because of home field advantage, but just because of the, uh, you know, the matchup between the two teams. Uh, I think this is, it should be at least a field goal and I have it even more than that. So I love Buffalo against Miami every, just from Josh Allen and, you know, yes, Miami plays good pass defense, but Josh Allen's been beating good pass defenses all season long you add in the fact that, you know, the bills have two quality running backs, Josh Allen can run the football himself. And uh, on the other side, you know, with this bills defense playing well, I don't know how Miami, you know, it's going to be tough for them. I think to just keep it within that, you know, kind of striking distance um, that they've been, you know, within for these last, uh, you know, for most of the years, essentially. So, um, you know, Buffalo, Number thirteen in in DVO in defensive DVOA, but trending up. I, I think that they'll, they'll, they give Miami a lot of problems, and I think this is an even coaching matchup, which usually you don't have with Brian Flores these days. I mean, <laughs> look at John Gruden, and he's been in the league forever and had no just zero match uh, for Flores, but this week Buffalo, uh, great spot. Uh, I make the more than a field goal. Love them minus one and a half.
0: Yeah, I don't
1: disagree with you. I mean, I make this line closer to six and oh, wow. i mean yeah I've, I've hated the <laughs> dolphins all year and right now the bills are in my top five tied with the packers like my top five right now power ratings are chiefs saints ravens bucks and then packers and bills those are kind of the clear top five well i guess top six so i mean i love everything that the bills are doing but Here's where I would push back on why this play might not catch. I like the Bills first half. I'll be on the Bills first half. The Dolphins, their first half offense every week is just dreadful. They come out slow and a lot and their second half offense will be good. A lot of times it's because Ryan Fitzpatrick has to come in and save the day. Their offense was really good with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know why they keep going with Tua. Their offense is not good with Tua. So this week, maybe they get behind and Ryan Fitzpatrick has to come in. And also the Bills have an incentive to win this week. If they win, they clinch the two seed. And McDermott has come out and said they want the highest seed possible. And if you get the two and you assume that the Ravens beat the Bengals, you avoid the Ravens in the first round, which is a lot of teams want to do. So here's the thing. The Bills also clinch the number two seed if the Steelers lose. The Steelers are sitting their starters. So if the Steelers are getting trucked or catching double digits at Cleveland, then you could see the Bills potentially pull their starters in the second half and Miami comes back. This would just be a fitting uh, end to the Dolphins' season of of luck. And then the Bills bench the starters, Fitzpatrick comes in and leads them back, and they win late. Um, So I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't know if that's even going to play out. The Steelers and Mason Rudolph revenge game, we'll get to that game. Um, Who knows? They could easily hang around in this game. Then the Bills would have to play to the end. So I don't disagree with you, but that's kind of a scenario – where it could come back to haunt you why like the first half more than the game.
0: I mean,
2: very fair. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking at it from the perspective of number one, it's just a huge difference between, uh, you know, the projection and what the line is. But number two, even with the Steelers, it's 10 point dogs and we will talk about them. Uh, you know, even if it was, let's say a 10 point game, I don't think that's necessarily enough to pull your starters with enough time. I mean, unless it happens, you know, super early and then balloons from there. But um, I, you know, I I expect that game to be more competitive than the uh, than the market thinks. So, uh, you know, I'm just going with you know, every, you could kind of poke a hole in pretty much every scenario here for week 17. So, I'm just going with my biggest edge for for number one. But but yeah, definitely, I'm going to be on some first half as well, and uh, just like just like fading Washington in the first half. So some you know certain teams you just got to do it.
0: Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout! throw your hands up inside. Throw your hair back inside. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Alright, for my second pick of the Sunday six pack and the third overall. I'm going with New York Football Giants plus. Two at Bet MGM. I got some plus three. I would buy it up to minus 120 if you can. But for the sake of the contest, that doesn't really matter. Plus two at BetMGM, they're hosting the Cowboys. I make this line a true pick. This game could be for the division. The winner of this game wins the division. The 6-10 the and 10 Giants will win the division if they win and Washington loses at Philadelphia on Sunday night. I think that this is just a great time to sell Dallas. And everyone wants to bet Dallas now. As soon as I saw the three, I had to grab it, especially since I'm making a pick. I think it's a true coin flip. Dallas has a lot of injuries in the defensive end. Give side of the ball to keep, keep your eye on. But, look, this Dallas team, what have they done the last few weeks to warrant all of a sudden everyone loves Dallas? Uh, they blew out Brandon Allen and the Bengals. Okay. Maybe the worst team in the NFL right now. They beat the 49ers at home. Uh, they had a million turnovers. They were out game 458 to 291. And then they beat the Eagles with guys off the street playing in the secondary uh, in one of the most embarrassing secondary performances I've ever seen, and, and a, a rookie quarterback making his first road start. So I, this is just a pure sell high uh, on the Cowboys. Daniel Jones, maybe he's a little – Getting a little healthier for this week. He can move around a little more. Even if not, I still make it a pick. Um, I think the Giants will be able to move the ball, but this Cowboys defense is still atrocious. It's still Andy Dalton. It's a true coin flip game. I'll take the points with the home dog. Feels like all the pressure's on Dallas here, too. Like no one's expecting the Giants to win. Everyone's kind of fell out of love with them. So yeah, give me New York. Uh, I think they win this game.
2: Yeah, I like it. I bet plus three. Uh, when I saw that line as well I think you know going back to what you said and I think we even talked about this going into last week like Dallas had been outgained, and I believe it was four of their last five coming into last week Uh, this Giants defense generally has been very well game planned by Patrick Graham so uh, you don't expect the Cowboys to run away with it the way they did against the Eagles you know in that spot I just think the Giants keep it close kind of similar to what they've been doing all year. And um, because of that Cowboys defense, pretty banged up. You know, a lot of, pe- a lot of people um, in the secondary. Then you have uh, Vander Esch. He's not practicing. So, I mean, it's, it, it could be a, a very makeshift defense. And that's the kind of defense that, you, that the Giants need to kind of hang around and, and, and actually win a football game. And if you look at the last Giants-Cowboys matchup, you know, yes, it was – You you had Dak Prescott start that game, and so that could have influenced it a a little bit. But you you just look at their defense, they gave up 34 points to the Giants. The Giants haven't scored more than 27 against any other team. So that was by far uh, the defense that the Giants had the most success against uh, this season. So I I like that pick a lot.
1: Back in that game, the Giants were plus 7.5 at Dallas. So let's call it one point for home field. So that means they were plus five, they would have been plus five and a half in New York with Dak Prescott as a quarterback. Now it's plus three. We're saying there's only a two and a half, a three point difference between Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton. Yeah, I don't think so. Plus not only are you selling the Cowboys high after, you know, it, some results that I'm not really that impressed by in the month of December, in the month of December, New York played four playoff teams or could be playoff teams. they, You know, they beat, they won at Seattle. Everyone has already forgotten about that. Then they lost at home to Arizona in a game where Daniel Jones shouldn't have been out there. They lost to the Browns, and then they lost to the Ravens. Um, So they've lost three straight to potential playoff teams. Uh, I think it's a good spot to buy them low.
0: Absolutely. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show.
2: For the number four pick in the Week 17 Sunday six-pack, my second overall pick I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 10 at Cleveland. I mean, this is, to me, this is just too good of a spot uh, to bet Pittsburgh as a, a, as a big underdog, you know, Mike Tomlin has said, yeah, we're going to start Rudolph at quarterback, but you know, we're not just resting our entire team. And I, I don't think they will, to be honest. I mean, first of all, it's just, it's not like preseason where you can um, rest quite as many guys. And you look at Pittsburgh And this team is always competitive. We've seen this in some, you know, in years past in in games like this. Um, But we've also seen this with Mason Rudolph. When you look at Mike Tomlin as an underdog in his career, first of all, we know he's great. You know, he's 37 and 19 against the spread. But you look at him as an underdog without Big Ben against the spread. Mike Tomlin is 12 and three with two pushes and then he's three and one with Mason Rudolph as an underdog against the spread. So just because they're starting Mason Rudolph here uh, and, you know, may cut the snaps of a few guys, like this is still a team that, you know, can go four or five deep at receiver. Um, There's still some depth on defense. Like this is not just a pushover team that the Browns are going to blow out. I mean, look at the Browns last week. I mean, are the Steelers with Mason Rudolph any worse than the jets? You know, like, No, but the Browns couldn't even beat them last week. Granted, with no receivers, but uh, the Browns use their receivers less than most teams in the league anyway. So, uh, this to me uh, is a spot that I think the Steelers could actually win this game. Uh, But I love getting Tomlin as a dog, getting Tomlin without Big Ben, getting, you know, uh, this Browns obviously have a lot more motivation and incentive. You know, Pittsburgh has some, but the Browns have a lot more. Uh, I just love Pittsburgh plus 10 in this spot in a game, I think they could very well pull off the upset.
1: Yeah, this doesn't technically fit, f- fit in the mold of teams with no – teams that need to win, which the Browns are, versus a team with no motivation, but it does. I mean, the Steelers could get the two seed if they win and the Bills lose, but they're basically resting down and they're, they're conceding the two seed. There have been a few examples in the past where teams that need to win against teams that are sitting their starters already clinched and they've lost – uh, how about the Steelers last year? Regular season finale. Yep. They needed to win and get help against RG3, and the Ravens came out fired up. But look, it's a division rival. They wanted to keep Pittsburgh out. I'm sure Pittsburgh wants to keep Cleveland out of the playoffs. Their division rival. It would be very Cleveland for them to lose this game, by the way. The Jets could potentially keep two teams out of the playoffs with their first two wins, the Rams and the Browns, which is amazing. Yeah, 2004 Steelers plus 10. They were 15 and 1. The Bills had won six straight. They needed to win at home in week 17 for a shot in the playoffs. They had to play the 15-1 and 1 Steelers. It sounds bad, but the Steelers rested all their starters. They played Tommy Maddox, and they went on the road, and they beat the Bills as 10 underdogs. underdogs. Uh, so it happens. Bills fans will remember this.
0: Hey, Stucky. This is your producer, Matt. Yes, Buffalo Bills fans like myself – do remember that game really well. That game, held 16 years ago Saturday, was the last Buffalo Bills game I attended in person, and it was also one of the worst moments of my entire life. So beware to Browns fans, and fuck you for bringing it up.
1: So yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I think i make this line around 7, 7.5. I still have to see who who's actually going to be out. But if all of the... Mason Rudolph revenge game. Remember the last time he played the Browns? That should be interesting. Mason Rudolph and uh, Miles Garrett, if they have a uh, little rendezvous. So, uh, yeah, all the pressures on the Browns here. The Browns are also dealing with some COVID stuff. So, keep your eye on the injury reports. But at double digits, especially over 10, uh, I don't hate it. Yeah, I
2: make this game seven as well. So, uh,
1: yeah, right with you. All right. For my final pick of the Sunday six-pack and the fifth overall, I'm going with the – Los Angeles Rams, plus three at MGM. We, it looks as if I mean Jared Goff is out, Cooper Cup is out, and it's going to be John Wolford, ex-Wake quarterback, had a really good statistical year's His final year at Wake had a really had really good numbers in the AAF too. And he could play a little bit, but here's the thing: I'm, i he's not going to be asked to go out there and be Patrick Mahomes. That's not even Jared Goff. I I hate Jared Goff. I think he's terrible. Jared Goff just gets his handheld. I mean, it's just it's it's a handheld offense of short passes. Cooper Cup's absence will hurt, but he has a lot of wolf has a lot of chemistry with some of these other guys from preseason, uh, and that's who he normally works with. You know, guys like Jefferson uh, and company. So, but it, it's just a run run focused offense. I think everyone else is going to play up. It's like we have our backup quarterback in here. I make this line of pick. I think it's like a four four and a half point drop between. Goff, and Walford, and now I normally would have made it then Arizona a short favorite, but Kyler Murray's not healthy. I'm assuming he's going to go here, but he's going to be limited. They're saying he they might not be able to move that well. Kingsbury has said that, and I think that his backup is like a, a South Dakota quarterback, um, Strebler, but I, I'm assuming Murray's going to go, but Murray, so much of what Murray does and for that offense is his with his legs, and we saw a couple of games where he wasn't fully healthy, he just didn't look right. You take his running ability out with that Rams pass rush and that Rams defense, uh, it's a totally different Arizona offense. This is for all the marbles. Cardinals win, they're in, Rams win, they're in. Rams win also, the Bears are in. Cardinals just need to win to get in. Rams can get in if the Bears lose. But basically, this is both teams do or die. It's everything that they have, you're gonna see to get into the playoffs. Sean McVay versus Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. End of the day. That's that's kind of pushed me over the edge here. So I I just don't think that it's like, oh my God, Jared Goff is out. It's like, all right, well, you got to roll him out and he throws his eight-yard passes on play action. I mean, I think Wolford can do some of the things that Goff does. This isn't a seven to ten point drop. This isn't Aaron Rodgers to Tim Boyle. This isn't Patrick Mahomes to Chad Henney. Jared Goff is a system quarterback. So I think that with a full week, it's not like he was out in the first quarter and then Wolfer gets thrown in. You have a game plan for him the whole week. I'm going to trust Nick Vey here. Give me the three at home with the Rams. There's also a chance Murray doesn't play. That's not out of the question. Um, but I think if he does play and he's limited, it really restricts what Arizona does very well on offense. Uh, so give me the Rams.
2: Yeah, this is like, this is a tough one to cap. I have, I show value on it too. Um, I expected the market to be closer to a pick or one. I was surprised it went all the way to three, but I guess it makes sense with the news of Murray playing um, that kind of a little bit of an overreaction, but uh, I do worry about the Rams cluster injury luck. Like we talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago. It's really tough to handicap, but you have, You know, you have Goff out. That's one thing. But you have Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson in the run game. And then you have Cooper Cup now. out. It's like, and then Whitworth is still out. He may come back for the playoffs if they make it. So does that impact Sean McVay's ability? Now it's kind of a bare cupboard in terms of the guys he likes to use the most. I I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to say. But, I mean, yeah, I make this line about one. So uh, it's two points of value. Can't argue with it. I, I like the under in this game. I mean, I don't. If the Rams win this game, they're not winning this game by scoring points. And, you know, you mentioned Murray. So uh, I'm going to be hitting the under in this game uh, probably before I I bet aside.
0: Fair Fair enough. enough.
2: for the last pick of the week 17 Sunday six pack my third pick I'm going with your Baltimore Ravens -12 and a half against the Cincinnati Bengals and this is the one spot I was talking about where I really like the team with incentive against the team with no incentive why because the team with no incentive kind of already had a couple of bi- of highs, like kind of had some Super Bowls here. Like, you know, they knock off the Steelers on national TV. You know, they get gifted a few turnovers in that one. And then they get gifted the blessing that is playing the Texans defense last week. And they put up, you know, they get everyone, everyone gets to pad their stats last week. Uh, now, they're going against this Baltimore team that, since they hit that mid-season COVID issue, those, those COVID struggles, and everyone was getting hurt, and it was just like, a, you know, they were missing like, what? Forty percent of the roster at one point, give or take. Now, you know they're relatively healthy. Uh, we're seeing, you know, we might get another one of the corners back this week. Uh, looks like, you know, the the offense, the skill position should be good to go. Uh, maybe Willie Sneed is out, but you're, you're pretty healthy. You're pretty much healthy uh, for Baltimore. Over the last five games, uh, they are five and zero against the spread and. You know, usually you say, "Okay, team's covering a lot. You want to fade them." But I just think the market hasn't adjusted since that like midseason swoon to the to the Ravens. That you know they're beating the spread every game. They're playing like the team that we thought was you know the kind of second or third best team in the league entering the year. The team that was the best or second best team for most of last year uh, as well. And I, I think the market is still underestimating them a little bit. I make this one 14. Uh, I think this is a huge letdown spot for the Bengals who like this Tex, this Ravens defense is nothing like that. Texans defense, uh, the Ravens offense different from the Steelers offense is in terms of the funk that the Steelers were going through. And, you know, I don't think they're as likely to turn the ball over uh, as Pittsburgh and big Ben was. So I uh, love the Ravens here. I think this is just a, a spot where they keep continue to smash uh, Lamar Jackson um, on the road. You know, there's never been a problem. Baltimore is 12 and five against the spread in his career, uh, in starts 71%. Uh, I, I, just love Baltimore. I think it's a, a big spot for him.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I play, I make this, and this is why you have to, it ultimately comes down to the number. You, this is the Ravens need to win and the Bengals are playing the school of their season. By the way, this happened three years ago. Ravens had saw nightmares in Baltimore when Baltimore needed to win and Cincinnati, uh, on, like, the final play of the game, scored a touchdown. Oh, I remember that. Tyra
0: Bord, yep.
1: Yeah. Devastating. I was so devastated. I was on the floor, like, hey, collapsed.
0: Hey, sorry to interrupt again. Yes, this was the play that sent Buffalo into the playoffs and ended their 17-year drought and was one of the happiest moments of my entire life. So my apologies for saying fuck you earlier. Keep up the good work and good luck.
1: And... Then the Browns almost did it to the Ravens the next year. Like this stuff happens in week 17, but this is where you need to number. I make this 14. I played the minus two. It's just a terrible matchup for the Bengals. People forget just because the Bengals beat, had an offensive explosion against the Texans. How bad this Bengals offense has been, historically bad, since Joe Burrow went down. I mean, averaging like under four yards per play, uh, no explosiveness. Even against the Pittsburgh. I mean, well, I've said this before, they had 150 yards to three quarters. They were just benefiting from turnovers. Bad matchup for the – Cincy linebackers uh, with Lamar Jackson and them throwing to their tight ends and the, the running game of the Ravens. The Ravens do have some injuries worth watching on the defensive side of the ball and their secondary, Calais Campbell. Um, but I don't think they'll have any problems shutting down Cincy here. And by the way, if people want to know about, like, it's, there's a lot of randomness in a 16-game season. If you flipped every one-score game around, the Ravens would be 12-3 and uh, and the one seed in the AFC. The Chiefs would be 7-8. and Here's the rest of the AFC North. The, the Steelers would be six and nine and the Browns would be six and nine. The Browns have, I think the, the Browns still have negative a negative point, negative point differential. And I think the, the Ravens are like a hundred and something. And it, it's crazy. Uh, they have the same record, but the Ravens, yeah, they've been, and, and the Ravens have had to deal with a lot of COVID issues. The Browns have lately as well. Um, but yeah, I think the Ravens are really hitting their stride now. Steam no one wants to face in the playoffs. It's one of the reasons why I'm investing in their futures. And here's something to keep in mind. Ravens, Bengals and and and, and Lamar Jackson has just destroyed the Bengals in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Their slow linebacker. I mean, it's just a it's just a bad matchup. But Ravens Bengals. I had this. I circled this after this happened earlier this year, and I thought the Ravens would have shit clinched in Week 17, so I didn't think it would matter. But I still had it in my notes. The Ravens beat the Bengals October 11th, 27 to three. And the Joe Joe Burrow played, by the way. Since he had like 200 total yards, that's it. They got they were getting crushed. Baltimore was up 27 nothing late, and since he kicked a field goal, and the Ravens were pissed, were pissed. Martindale was like, "We're going to remember this." Like, pissed that they ruined the shut up by kicking a field goal. So don't be surprised if Baltimore wants to run it up a little at the end. Um, and obviously they're playing for the playoff last, so they can't really take the foot off the pedal. They can't. They have to be up by two scores and maintain that lead late. But don't be surprised if instead of uh, they're up 10 or 13, and they want to punch in an extra score, and that gets you a cover, don't be surprised, because the Ravens were really pissed about that field goal.
2: Yeah, and don't be surprised if they don't punt, because I think they just put their punter on the uh, on the COVID list. So. Yeah, and they always go, well, <laughs> just
1: Justin Tucker might punt. He punted in college, oh, so uh, if they have to punt. He averaged like over 40 yards per punt, so I'm sure if anyone can do it, it's Tucker. But yeah, this will just... Make the Ravens even want to go for it more, and that's probably bad news for Cincinnati. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a mismatch. The numbers off. Uh, you know, I think people, you know, this is it's kind of a trendy pick. You know, Bengals at home coming off a couple of upsets. Uh, but yeah, major letdown spot. And Baltimore have been covering by an average of 6.6 points per game over the last five games since that midseason swoon. So, like, the market just hasn't adjusted. And it's it, like just by you can look at kind of all of our projections uh, in our Action Network Pro. Uh, models you know it's it's 14 14 14 four, you know it, everyone has it 14 14 and a half it's it's tough to kind of reconcile that with with the market so yeah i i love the uh i love baltimore here um betting they get uh they get it done that wraps it up for the week 17 sunday six pack to recap stuck going with the houston texans plus seven and a half the giants plus two in the Rams plus three, I'm going with Buffalo minus one and a half. The Steelers plus 10, and the Ravens minus 12 and a half. And speaking of week 17, BetMGM is a great sign-up offer for this week's NFL slate. New customers bet a dollar to win 100 in free bets if any team scores a touchdown in week 17. Just sign up and make your first bet using. Bonus code ACTION100. Download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTION100 to bet $1 and win 100 in free bets if any team scores a touchdown on Sunday. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older. Physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1 800 Gambler in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1 800 9 with it in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada or Pennsylvania. All right, that does it for the Sunday Six Pack. Reminder you can follow all the picks in the app. Just download the Action Network app, search for Sunday Six Pack in the follow feature. And you can check out all of the picks. Let's get in to our favorites over-under of the week. You went first for the six-pack stuff, so I'll go first for the total. Going with uh, the – and I I love this under, so, like, more than I've liked most unders all season, which means it's probably not going to hit. But uh, going with San Francisco-Seattle, under 46.5. Seattle, just been a totally different team since that hot start to the season – Uh, You look at them in terms of the let rest cook phenomenon, weeks one to nine, they were passing on 59.1% of their first and second downs since week 10, down to 52.5%, more than a 6% decline. You look at Seattle in terms of their straight up scores, 22.7 to 15 is Seattle's average score since week 10, a total of 37.7 on average and you look at Seattle even since week 4 since October since those big you know games against Atlanta to start the year the three straight high scoring games since October Seattle is 9 and 3 toward the under then you look at San Francisco you know they're going to play tough you know they're going to hang around but their offense it's been decimated all year but now you have Brandon Ayuk Debo Samuel, both starting wide receivers out. Yes, you have George Kittle back, but he's on a little bit of a pitch count playing about 60% of the snaps. But more importantly, not only do you have Ayuken Samuel out and Raheem Mostert and your top two quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins, but you also have left tackle Trent Williams out on top of all of that. I mean, every spot, every key spot on offense, you're down your second or your third or your fourth stringer. Uh, I don't expect San Francisco to score a ton of points. Seattle. The average Seattle game has averaged 37 points, under 38 points. They've been holding opponents to 15 over the last five games. Like, to me, this just screams under. Divisional game, second divisional matchup. uh, Give me the under 46 and a half here.
1: Uh, I don't hate it. Uh, I show some small value there as well. So, no arguments from me. Seattle also, Seattle can clinch the 1C with a win versus the 49ers and Packers and Saints losses, right? And the way that the NFL operates this week, smartly, they, don't, they they put all the games with similar meaning at the same time. And, like, they sometimes they won't even have a Sunday night game if it would give someone a competitive advantage. In this case, it wouldn't with Washington. Um, they win and get in or lose, and they're out. But, you know, with Seattle is playing at 425, Green Bay is playing at 425, and New Orleans at 425. So all those games are at 425 – Seattle's only incentive is to win to get the one seed if those other two teams lose. So if the Packers or Saints are blowing out their opponent, why not pull Russ? At the, uh, you know, why, It's possible that'll help you under, too. I don't know if it'll happen if they will, but it's, it's something that could only help you if that's the case. All right, for my total, I kind of. I don't really love many totals this week. I'm going out on the limb here. Try to get 43. Washington football team, Philadelphia Eagles, over 43-and-a-half at MGM. It, we still don't know if Alex Smith will play. I think he is. Basically, Ron Rivera said even if he doesn't practice all week, he's going to play. Terry McLaurin didn't practice. you're going to keep your eye on him. Antonio Gibson's still dealing with an injury, but he played last week. I, just this Philly defense is the secondary. It's the worst I've ever seen. Uh, they just have guys off the street trying to play cornerback. I, I don't think they can stop any NFL offense. That's not run by Dwayne Haskins, who's now gone. Even Heideki coming in, uh, I think, could do some things against this Philly secondary. Washington, their defensive line is obviously dominant. Their defense is playing really well. Jalen Hurts, his mobility, I think, will allow Philly to do some things here. And then he's going to make potentially some erratic throws, but he's going to use his legs. Philly often is just a lot more explosive. And I think also something that can help here, Philly's just going to play balls to the wall. Why not? They're eliminated, right? This is a spot. So you're going to have Doug Peterson, trick plays, aggressive he's always aggressive on fourth down way aggressive on fourth down so you could see short fields fewer punts so I know it's scary to go with a Washington over but I think there's a lot of angles here at play and that Washington offense I, I mean I don't any offense I think they made Andy Dalton look like Patrick Mahomes last week I don't know if they're going to throw Jaquette out there again <laughs> uh, I feel bad for the guy <laughs> Um, Michael Gallup is going to be living in his nightmares for weeks. But, yeah, just a decimated – I didn't love the Philly defense to begin with. Now they they just have Darius Slade in the secondary, and that's it. Uh, it's a decimated defensive unit. Uh, so I think Washington can do some things to move the ball. Phillies, with Hertz's mobility, they're a little more explosive now. They have some of their weapons back. Deshaun Jackson revenge game, keep Washington out of the playoffs. I think the Eagles will just play – really loose and wild trick plays, Philly specials. Uh so I like the over try to get 43 obviously a key number for 23-20 finals, but I'll go over 43 and a half here. Uh in Philly Washington.
2: Yeah, I mean the Eagles have been gaining you know putting up you know essentially top two yardage numbers since Jalen Hurts uh, became the quarterback and we know Washington always finds a way to be within one score at the end of the game so yeah I, I, I don't hate it I mean <laughs> I'll be betting against Washington in the first half and I, I don't probably come back in the second half so uh, yeah I could see a game script where that over uh, plays out to perfection what, what is
1: your pro uh, what is your feel on the injury situation for Washington from I know that you Follow closely for Traxley. Do you think McLaurin is going to play? I I think Alex Smith is going to play, but
2: I I I think Alex Smith is truly questionable, like seventy five percent, By NFL's definition, I mean, uh, like seventy five percent chance to play. McLaurin I consider on the wrong side of questionable, so I I have him closer to doubtful, just because uh, you you know you're talking about an ankle here, and he still hasn't practiced. It's kind of like one of those things where they're holding out optimism, but usually the reason you say that with a guy like McLaurin is because he's their top receiver. So it's kind of a competitive advantage situation, like game, but game planning purposes, you want the other team to have the game plan uh, for McLaurin. So I, I, my my kind of, from everything I've seen as we record this Wednesday night, I'm leaning towards him being out, uh, but Cam Sims, Pretty good, honestly. A little breakout year for Cam Sims, so I, he's no McLaurin. But uh, you do have Antonio Gibson back. J.D. McKissick, can't, you know, you can put those two guys on a field together and kind of mitigate the loss. And Logan Thomas also been playing well. So there's definitely avenues for Washington to generate offense in this game.
1: Agreed.
2: All right, so that wraps it up for our favorite totals of the week. I'm going Niners, Seahawks, under 46 and a half. I like that one. I have it projected at 43, so I, I like that down to uh, even 43 and a half because 43 is a key number, but I, I'm just all over the under for that one. And uh, stuck going Washington-Philly over 43 and a half. Try to get to 43 if you can. Again, key number there. Uh, you know, may get a push in, in in a small percentage of chances that you would have otherwise lost at uh, 43 and a half. So uh, let's get into our favorite teaser of the week
1: oh yeah six point teasers
2: all right for those not familiar a teaser is when you combine two or more bets and for each bet you get a certain number of extra points toward the spread a standard teaser is six points so you get six extra points uh for each bet that you make so for example if you're teasing an eight point favorite they become a two point favorite an eight point underdog becomes a 14 point underdog easier to cover uh you're you're usually getting a minus 120 juice for it, but there is an edge It's stuck. you like to talk about. You have a lot of great content out about it and uh, you're essentially trying to tease through as many key numbers uh, as possible. You know, the, the, the three, the six, the seven, uh, and then if the, and then the 10 would be the next one.
1: Yep. Yeah. Ideally, if you can go through three and seven, you're doing it right. Um, And you want to pay minus 120 or less minus 130 at the highest. Some books out there are starting to actually charge you for what they're worth, and you might have to pay like minus 145 for it. Don't do that. Uh, the edge then goes back to the book. By the way, when I was, I was talking about those records, if you flipped all the records of one-score games, th- do you know the one seed in the NFC would be? Still Green Bay tied with Atlanta. Um,
2: oh, wow. <laughs> Dan Quinn. Oh, man.
1: Uh, all right, so for my teaser this week, I'm going to tease the Giants up. They're plus two. Plus two and a half now. Uh, up to eight, eight and a half with the Denver Broncos. Up to eight, eight and a half. There's not much. I mean, I already went over the Giants, but I like them. So obviously I like them catching eight in a game. I make a pick. Uh, Broncos is just simple math. Drew Locke, he won't do anything all game. But, he, I mean, he could do stuff against the Raiders defense. But if you need him to get in the back door against a prevent defense for your teasers, he'll do that for you. Did that last week. You can always come. My back door. So uh, yeah, I think both games should stay within a possession.
2: Yeah, I like the Broncos as well. Uh, Vegas, I mean, they find ways to just just completely underperform, you know and it's weird because you have John Gruden who just shouldn't be doing that, but um, you also have a lot of injury situation uh, for the Raiders and guys I think they may hold out. Uh, you're looking at you know Cleveland Farrell already got placed on injured reserve. Trent Brown not practicing, Denzel Good not practicing, uh, Maurice Hurst, LaMarcus Joyner. So you have some guys, some, some key guys that could be ruled out for them. Uh, the Broncos, uh, first of all, they're at home here. Uh, they are in mile high, which I think still does carry a bit of home field advantage. Uh, most, most home field advantage is pretty much no at this point. Uh, but yeah, just a division matchup closer to a pick em, I think. Um, so, uh, I like the T's with Denver up to eight and a half and then going with New Orleans minus one or my other leg. I think New Orleans wins this game. New Orleans is a deep team. You know, they can, you know, no matter who they're really playing, uh, they have, they're in every game, very well coached and Carolina's well coached too, but you've kind of seen it catch up to them, just their overall talent level over these last, what is it? Five, six games. And you look at Carolina here. Yes, there's, it's kind of a zero incentive team, which is why I like teasing New Orleans better because uh, I think this game could very well be close. You saw Carolina come within three points against New Orleans in the first matchup. So definitely can be a competitive game here, but uh, I think New Orleans holds on to win it. Carolina, no Russell Okun. Uh, Carolina, still no Christian McCaffrey. Now they rule out Mike Davis as well. So you just have a, a, a bunch of key uh, injuries at key spots. For this Carolina offense, I don't think they'll be able to get it done here uh, against a well-coached, well-rounded Saints team. Carolina, since starting three and two, they beat Washington last week, but uh, still they are two and eight over the last 10. So getting, teasing New Orleans down to minus one, uh, I like it there. And that, Yep,
1: I like that too. And uh, I'll be rooting for the Saints for my Panthers season win total under six. So go Saints.
2: <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, so that wraps it up for our teasers. Again, Stuck going Denver up to plus eight and a half, the Giants up to plus eight. I'm going with Denver as well, up to eight and a half, and the Saints down to one. Now it's time for our Moneyline Underdog Parlay.
1: Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay.
2: All right, Stuck, who are you
1: going with this week? Let's get crazy. It's week seventeen. Let's go with the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you want to get a little crazy. We see a big upset every year, week 17, against a team that needs to win. The Colts need to win. They lose their out. Maybe it's the Titans that get upset, but maybe it's the Jags. Even if they start, Glenn and you could see Minshew come in, as which has happened a couple games. Minshew, for whatever reason, this Jags offense loves and Minshew loves, just rips apart the Colts defense. The Jags have won one game this year, and it came against the Colts back in week one. So why not bookend the season with two wins? They already have the number one overall draft pick locked up. They I think they've won like three or four, six of seven against the Colts. They just own the Colts. All the pressures on the Colts here. Why not? Uh, I I make this line lower than 14. In order to bet it, I want over 14. Um, which I, I said in my article, but Jacksonville they have not been competitive the la- the past few weeks. But for a team with one win, they have I think five or six losses by one possession. You know, they lost a, a couple heartbreaking games at the very end that they were in it division game trying to end the Colts season. Let's uh, throw a dart here, Jags.
2: I get. I mean, I could totally see that. You know, it's it would be very Colts and very Phillip Rivers to just somehow we let the jags stay close and then throw a some exasperating interception on the last play of the game. So uh yeah, I like this one. I also I'm going with the Steelers here. I was initially going to go with the um with the with the Rams because they're catching three at home. Nobody believes in them, but I I really love the Steelers here plus 375 to win this game uh against Cleveland. It would be number one, it would just be so Cleveland, but You know, again, for all the reasons I pointed out, you know, earlier in picking him against the spread, look at Mike Tomlin in his career as an underdog. First of all, he's uh, 31 and 27 straight up as an underdog. So he has a winning record as an underdog. And that holds even if you remove the games with Ben Roethlisberger. So with Duck Hodges, Michael Vick, Charlie Batch, Dennis Dixon, Byron Leftwich, Mason Rudolph, Landry Jones. Mike Tomlin is a combined 9 and 8 straight up as a money line underdog all with non big bang quarterbacks. I love Pittsburgh here to come out and steal one. By the way,
1: if this happens, if the Steelers win and the Jaguars win, and then let's say the Bills beat the Dolphins, and the Ravens beat the Bengals, and the Titans beat the Texans, If that happens, the Colts are left out, even though the Browns lost (laughs) to the Steelers. So if this parlay happens, Browns fans, even though you lost to the Steelers, you would still get in the seventh seed. You would go to Buffalo. The Dolphins would be the sixth seed. They would go to Pittsburgh. And the Ravens would go to the Titans. Now, Colts fans, even if the Titans lost, you still would be out. So give me all the chaos on week 17 on Sunday.
2: Well, the best part about this, except the Ravens losing, I should not wish for (laughs) this. The best part about this, regardless who you're a fan of, if just these two scenarios, just the Jaguars winning and the Steelers winning, the Jags are plus 750 at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the podcast, the Steelers are plus 375. If just those two teams pull off the upset and you bet a $100 parlay on Jags, 750. Steelers 375 you're winning 4k so (laughs) let's root for that (laughs) you know and uh, that you know again Stucky pointed it out I've given you some numbers for the Steelers like these things can happen so whether it's these two or if he likes any of these other teams that you know people are essentially writing completely off you know don't hesitate because these things definitely do happen uh, in week 17 but yeah Steelers Jags Money, uh, money line Parlay. I, I love this. I, this has got to be my favorite Money line Parlay I think we've ever done. I'm putting some in. Yeah, I, like, I got to go bet this. So uh, We're going to end this podcast in just a second so we can actually get that bet in, but first, we got to quickly get to the best of the rest, which are the games we did not analyze in any other segments, and all right, let's go. Rapid fire here. Jets at the Patriots. Pat's Three-point favorites, total 39-and-a-half.
1: Uh, gross. Uh, is Cam Newton going to play? Uh, I don't Is Stidham Jets have won 2 straight? I don't know. It seems like they care. It seems like the Patriots have checked out. Bill Belichick has checked out. I don't even know if they're even trying to win. Uh, I show value in the number on the Patriots, but I have no interest in this game. Fuck this game. This is the worst side of Week 17 when you have two teams that are out of it playing. Uh, we have a couple of those. I have no interest in this game. Who cares?
0: Oh, my God, who cares?
2: I, 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 feel like I feel like Belichick will start Cam as kind of like a – just a throwing him a bone, letting him pad those horrible stats, you know, maybe go out on a high note against a bad defense. So, uh, I'm thinking we'll see, we'll see mostly Cam, but who knows. Next one up, Minnesota at Detroit. Detroit! I mean, you talk about checked out, and maybe it was because of the having no coaches – but Detroit last week, I mean, my goodness, they, they were just Mike Evans' play toy for him to try to get to, to his seven straight 1,000 yards. He's like, all they did for the last, you know, three quarters was give Mike Evans yards. Uh, so Detroit, six and a half point underdogs hosting Minnesota, the total 54 and a half. Justin Jefferson needs 110 yards to set the rookie receiving record. So I assume he'll get that by halftime. But uh, what are your thoughts on the Vikes Lions? Again, the ugly
1: side of week 17, Uh, maybe the under if Stafford doesn't go, i assume Stafford's out and Cook's not going, but can you really play the under with these two defenses? Uh, This game is disgusting. Pass, hard pass.
2: I mean, I, I, I don't show crazy value on the number, but I mean, just gut feeling like if you're betting aside, I think it has to be Vikings. Yeah. I, I just, the lions have just, they just haven't been there. Uh, on the vikings are also in a slide though yeah too, no against... they've been bad but like just like for example the vikings lost the vikings terrible blowout loss they still scored 33 against the saints you know they gave up 52 but they scored 33 like the Vi- the lions they scored seven points uh you know they, they played three quarterbacks in in so doing it like I, this team maybe they rebound you know close the season strong but i i'm not buying the lions right now so for me it would be Vikes or nothing next one up atlanta tampa bay we had this a couple weeks ago Atlanta goes up early, playing good defense. Uh, but Tampa Bay, Tom Brady was able to come back, get the 31-27 win. Tampa Bay favored six and a half here, total 50 and a half.
1: I think I'd make this around seven. I'm just verifying some things. It looks like Julio Jones is out. He, and Tampa, who I assume – and I have to adjust this up. I do make it seven now because I, I, I was thinking maybe Tampa doesn't play all its starters. But after looking into it, I tweeted this yesterday – Tampa is no doubt playing all their starters. And the reason is not only the Brazilians come out and say that, that they're playing, the winner play all the starters. They win, they lock in the five seed. What does that mean? You play the NFC East winner instead of either Green Bay, Seattle, or New Orleans. That's enormous, enormous difference. So I have no doubt in my mind that Tampa will try. I make it seven, so maybe I could see – using Tampa as a a tease piece, but it's, it's, you know, it's not over seven. It's not the best one. This is a pass to me.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Next up chargers at Kansas city, Kansas city, three and a half point underdogs. They are resting starters. They are locked into the number one seed. The total is 43 and a half. Keenan Allen is out for the chargers Hunter Henry, the tight end also uh, still on the COVID-19 reserve. So Looks like he'll miss as well. Uh, could be an under game, but what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm mad because I usually I love fading the Chiefs against the Chargers. Their lines are always inflated. The Chargers are the one defense that gives Mahomes a little bit of issues because you know they don't they don't blitz and they can get pressure naturally and they sit back in their cover three and uh, they always play the Chiefs competitively. Well, now it's not Mahomes; it's Henny, and uh, this is a tough game to handicap. What what how much? Are the Chiefs going to try? Who's going to play on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, I feel like they're just going to go through the motions here. The Chargers, if you, te- and if you tease both sides of their games, depending on the numbers that you got, so far this year, 28-2. Uh, so I'm sure the Chargers will find, out, find a way for this game to be close. Can I lay three and a half here? Uh, no. I, have to, I still have to go through adjustments and see who, who is out. Like Mahomes to to me, is like a 10-point drop-off. Then I have to go through the rest. Of the, I mean, as of right now, I think I have to. support The Chiefs are one, one and a half point dogs at home, but not three and a half. Maybe I can get there, but I can't see myself really betting this game.
2: Yeah, I have a Chiefs uh, one and a half point dogs with a total of 43 uh, total. I think I feel a little better about still, just because you're right. It's hard. It's a little harder to feel confident in the side, but there, there's a lot of offensive firepower. Not, uh, you know, in this game. Now the question is on defense for the Chiefs how big is the drop-off, but remember when everyone was healthy on offense, at least for, for these two teams, uh, 23-20 game in week number two, so uh, this definitely has the potential to be, to be a lower-scoring game uh, if the Chiefs defense doesn't completely muck it up you know, with their second stringers. The final game, Bears, Packers, Bears hosting five-and-a-half point underdogs. The total... Has risen a bit since open. It is up to 51 and a half. Thoughts on this one? I make it five and a half.
1: So not much here to say. Packers win. They lock up the one seed. They will try. Bears need to win to get in or have John Wolford and the Rams uh, beat the Cardinals. And then you're sliding anyway and the Cardinals are out. Uh, I make it five and a half. Bears offense is playing better. I have to give them credit there. The Packers, I've been upgrading them a lot. I mean, look, if you look at them last year to this year, special teams, same. Defense, middle of the pack. You can run on them. Pass defense is good. Offense, still Devonta Adams. And then some other receivers, the same guys they had last year. Running backs, still kind of the same. Offensive line, very good. Again, like last year, why are the Packers so much better? Like, everyone was like, they were lucky. It's just – the evolution of this offense, Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. Uh, he just Last year, it looked like he was headed on a downward trajectory at the end of his career, and this year he's been unbelievable. And that's why the Packers, even though they were a contender last year, and I had a future on them, they were just very lucky and fortunate. And, uh, but now Rodgers is making up for all of that. Um, I wouldn't want to get, get in the way of this Green Bay offense right now, but I make the line right around five and a half six, so pass.
2: Yeah, it's kind of in a dead zone. Uh, we'll see about that total. The Bears, you know, they're still missing. Well, guys are still not practicing on defense. Dion De- Bush, uh, Buster Screen, and Jalen Johnson. So this could be an over game if those three guys are going to miss again. Uh, if not, I think look at the under because the, the total is like I I project this at forty nine and a half. Now uh, that you know, it's kind of assuming fifty fifty for some of those guys in the Bears secondary, but if they if those guys play, I think there's a little bit of value on on the under here, but that is the best of the rest. Now let's get into our Survivor pool pick of the week. One pick, oh. one chance to advance.
0: Survivor
2: week seventeen. One more week. I think we've both lost multiple times. I know I've. I know we've lost multiple times. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. Who do you who could you realistically still have available that you would feel comfortable using this week? Nobody. Um, <laughs> right.
1: I'd probably use the Browns if I had to. I don't think I've – maybe I've used them.
2: You know, if anyone hasn't used maybe the Tampa Bay Bucks yet, I mean, not the worst, you know, given that they are going to be playing for real. If you haven't used the Colts, you have
1: to use the Colts. Yeah. Um, or the Browns. I mean, these are the teams you have. If you haven't used these teams that are double-digit favorites – in week seventeen, you have to use one of them. But I'll go Giants. Who cares? week seventeen. We're already out of it.
2: <laughs> right. I'm, all right. Give me Washington. <laughs> they'll not. They'll, they'll go down like fourteen zip in the first half uh, and end up winning the game like twenty four twenty three. So yeah, I'll go Washington. But yeah, it's tough if you're in it. I would say just look at the point spreads. Go from least to most. I mean, I honestly would be a little worried about the the uh, Browns just because. But I make that line closer to seven. So I kind of have the Browns grouped in more so with the. With teams like the Saints and the Bucks. But yeah, just, just that's that's pretty much how you do it. Or, or just go with the Vike, the, the Vikings. I don't know if the Lions have it in them to win to win a, another game in the, in the 2020 season. But that is going to do it for the regular season for the Action Network NFL Betting Pod. I hope you guys enjoy it. Again, we will be back for the playoffs. Just a couple of notes. You can follow Stuck at Stucky2 in the Action Network at For picks. And on Twitter. You can follow me at Chris Raybon in the app and on Twitter. And again, you can follow the six-pack. You can search Sunday six-pack in the app to follow those. Stuck has a great article up right now on ActionNetwork.com about week 17 motivation and how it affects against the spread performance. So be sure to check that out. Good luck in week 17. Let's get this money.
1: In the chaos, go Ravens.
2: I finished talking.